You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to these live devotions here on YouTube or whatever podcasting platform you are listening to. My name is Pastor Daniel Williams, and today what I want to do is walk you through a passage in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 6. I want to look at a familiar story uh, in the Bible about David and him being anointed as king in 1 Samuel 16, but I actually want to look through the lens of Samuel, Samuel the great prophet. Now, it isn't 1 Samuel, but oftentimes he's a prophet that's overlooked. And as we do this, I think we're going to see an important principle and lesson for us today that God calls us to go places to trust him, to um, trust in his great name and what he calls us to. He doesn't always just give us the whole picture or plan ahead of time, but oftentimes in our faith with God, he shows us as we go and are obedient. And he did this with Samuel as he anoints King David. And so I think we can learn a lot from uh, this passage as we just walk through the story together with this lens of how God is going to teach Samuel this principle and how he still teaches us as we trust him and obey him. So let's read this together, verses one through two. And I'm going to read this out of my uh, ESV Bible here. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go, and I will send you Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said to the Lord, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you, that's a female cow, and say, I have come to sacrifice the Lord. So let's get into the context of this story. Because Samuel is grieving. And the reason why he's grieving is because the first king of Israel, Saul, who was anointed by Samuel, failed miserably. He didn't trust the Lord. He fell into sin. And um, the Lord now is rejecting him and wanting to move on to another king, one after his own heart. And so it was a hard moment for Samuel the prophet to face. I think for all of us, sin, suffering, brokenness, uh, expectations being let down. This is just a part of our life. And we see this great prophet, the man of God, go through it as well, meaning we'll go through it as well as believers, as people that follow Jesus, understand his grace, are knowing him and being used by him. We're still going to suffer. Uh, we're still going to go through situation, heartbreak, brokenness. But God tells Samuel, hey, you need to stop grieving. Don't let be crippled by this, but you need to continue to walk in the plans that I have for you. That's a good word for us. We can't be crippled by people's sin or evilness. We overcome evil by doing good. We need to move on. And God wanted to anoint a new king, King David. Uh, this shows us that God can still work in the midst of our grief, in the midst of our pain, in sin, in tragedy. God is still active and moving. God always wants to work and is moving here on our earth when we're grieving, when there is pain, when um, there is sin, there is still hope because God moves. So he tells Samuel, hey, I want you to move with me. I want to show you how I'm moving. I want you to go. Go to the house of Jesse and there is a plan in place. Don't forget the sovereignty of God. There is a plan that cannot be thwarted and this is our God. He's able to work in the midst of the brokenness, in the midst of the sin. And notice how God reveals some of the plan to Samuel, but not all of it. Uh, he doesn't often reveal everything. He tells Samuel, okay, go and do this, this, and this. And Samuel says, well, what about that? And the Lord says, do this now. He doesn't actually give 
Samuel the entire plan, and he doesn't often give you and I the entire plan before he tells us to go. But he wants us to exercise faith, to follow him, to trust him, and to obey. So oftentimes, and we're going to see in this passage, he reveals things to us as we go. And this is what he does with Samuel. This is what he does with you and I. Let's continue the story now that we know a little bit of the context of what's happening. Uh, in verse 3 through 5, the Lord really shows, uh, tells him, hey, I'll show you as you go. Just obey me. Trust me. So in verse 3, it says, and invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. So Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Notice how God's plan that he revealed to Samuel is working. God's plan always works. You can go to God's word and the plan that he has for your life and be blessed by applying it. The prophet heard from the Lord. He's obeying the Lord and God is able to speak into our real everyday stuff of life. Samuel's going there. He experiences a, a situation. They ask, what are you doing? He gives the instructions the Lord told him to consecrate yourself. We're going to have a sacrifice. Go get Jesse. And God is now revealing and going to reveal to him more of his plan because he left. Now, this should cause us to just sort of... Ah, Take a little bit of a breath and relax a little bit because here's the good news for us today. We don't need to know everything before we obey or before we even go down a, a road uh, of obedience. We don't need to know the whole picture. God sent Samuel not giving him the whole picture and he does this often with you and I as well. Uh, it's it is so often. Uh, it's often uh, when we're going in obedience and obeying God by faith that God will reveal the next step and the next step. Remember, God sends us out to live by faith. It was Martin Luther King Jr. who said, faith is the taking the first step even when I don't see the whole staircase. We're to take steps of faith from faith to faith and to live by faith and not by sight. And this is often how God works in our lives. He shows us little by little, Psalm 109 or 119, 105 says, thy word is a lamp unto thy feet and a lamp unto our pathway. Like God provides light so that we could take the next step and then the next step and then the next step. And so he's doing this with Samuel. He's going to do this with you and I. It's often said that it's easier to steer a moving truck than a parked one. Meaning as we're going, it's going to be easier to go to the left or to the right or however God wants to guide us. And so God tells Samuel, go, you know, he tells you and I go, go and make disciples, go step out in faith, evangelize, preach the good news, uh, pour into people, baptize them in the name of the father, son, the Holy spirit. But oftentimes we don't know every single step of the way, but as we're going, the Holy spirit walks with us. God himself tells us and reveals things to us. And as we do, we learn more about who God is and how great he is and more of his sovereignty. You know, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher in the earth, so are my ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And so in verse 6 through 11, we see this sort of play out as God does uh, things that Samuel does not expect and does things greater than what Samuel could have even planned or imagined. Now, verse 6 through 11, he's getting 
ready to go and have this feast. And when they came to him, uh, he looked at uh, the eldest, Elabab, and thought, surely the Lord's anointing, uh, anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called his other son, Abiniab, and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse and made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, well, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him for we will not sit down till he comes here. So what you see in this situation is there's the eldest. He looks awesome. He's strong. He has a good stature. Uh, Samuel's thinking, okay, awesome. Saul's not the guy, but this guy's the guy. Nope. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's get another another son. Nope. Let's get the other son. Nope. Finally goes seven sons in. And and Samuel's like, well, these are all? Surely? And Jesse goes, well, there's, I mean, there's the scrawny little kid. There's David out in the field, the, the youngest. Samuel's like, you got to go get him because clearly God is, not thinking how I'm thinking. I thought maybe your eldest or one of these other guys that you were proud of would be the king, but clearly not. Uh, you know who needs to be the king? Your other son. Go get him. We're going to stand until he comes. Samuel thought he knew. He looked at that eldest son of Jesse, Elabab, and he was like, yeah, this is it. But before we give Samuel too much of a hard time, let's Think about it. It makes sense that the eldest would be. And back in the cultural days, the eldest son took the honor. He was the one that had the inheritance. Um, this guy looked strong. He looked like a king. Um, plus, uh, you know, when you look strong, you look good. Your natural bent is to uh, go off what you see. And this is what Samuel was doing. He saw him and he thought he made an assumption about this guy by his physical eyes. But God asked us not just to see with our physical eyes but with our spiritual eyes, right? We're to also see with the spiritual sense, not just a physical sense. And God wanted someone who was godly and had a God-fearing heart, not just a physical good appearance, but character. And so the story goes to this scrawny young man, David. This verse is especially important, I think, when picking a spouse. So listen up, single people. Uh, Listen up, leader. Uh, We need to pick people of character. Uh, someone that you will follow, someone that you can submit to or join uh, your life together. When you're choosing a godly spouse, it's much different. When you're choosing a godly leader, it's much different. Oftentimes when we pick our leaders, we want the charisma, but God says pick the character. Uh, When we pick a spouse, we look at the outward appearance. Am I physically attracted? What about the spiritual attraction? What about the spiritual strength? You know, Proverbs 31.30 says, charm is deceitful, but beauty is vain. And beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. We should value what God values. And he's saying in this passage, he values character, not just charisma. He values the things internally, not just externally. And this is what we see here are the requirements of not only people we want to yoke ourselves with in marriage, but even in leadership. First Timothy chapter three, it's all about being a man of character and not charisma, not necessarily skills, 
or competency, but character. And so the Lord, he shocks Samuel. He says, nope, the eldest, he's not the guy. Neither are any of the other brothers. And this is where we get this well-known verse in the midst of God teaching Samuel his great ways that are higher than our ways, right? Verse 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or in the height of his stature, because I have rejected him, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord, he looks on the heart. And this is why it's so important to stay in prayer, to stay in prayer in this life, and especially when you're taking ventures of faith, so you can have God's heart on the situation, so you can see as God sees, to constantly be in God's word, and to think like Jesus, to have the mind of Christ. We need to have our mind renewed as uh, Romans 12, 2 tells us, so we could think how God sees. You know, this today I got some recently bad news, bad news for the church, bad news for my uh, bivocational job, didn't get a client, didn't get a new location. We're alive. It happened today. But you know what? As I pray on it, as I think about God, I was able to have peace because, you know, God has a plan. He's going to take care of my family. He's going to take care of the church. It's okay. I could trust him. I physically think this. I see this. But how can I look in the lens of God's ways or he has something great in store for my life? He's going to provide in a way I got to trust him. I got to obey him. I need this verse today. You need this verse in your life that God does things differently than you. And that's okay. We can trust his great plan. God made it clear to Samuel who would be the next king. And he guided Samuel and directed him as he obeyed. Listen to verse 12 through 13 as we conclude this story. Well, then Samuel uh, took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. Actually, that's verse 13. Let's go to go to 12. And he sent and brought him in. And now he was ruddy uh, and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is he speaking of David. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Rama. So we see God make his decision. He anointed David. He told Samuel, this is the guy. He directed Samuel and was true to his word. I want you to notice that Samuel didn't get the instruction, go to David and anoint him as king. He said, go to the house of Jesse. They're going to question who you are. So take a heifer or a cow. And it's like, okay, then what? Then I'll reveal more to you. First do this and then I'll do that. Are you doing what God has already called you to do? Oftentimes we want other instructions from God and God's like, hey, I already told you to do something. Samuel first did that first step of faith. And as he was going, as he was moving forward, God guided him and then said, okay, now I want you to go pick a king. And Samuel's thinking, okay, it must be the eldest. It must be this brother. It must Nope, nope, nope. It was David, the scrawny kid, the rudy kid, the handsome young kid that, that Jesse even overlooked because God's ways are higher than our ways. So we have to stick close to him in this venture of faith through prayer, through his word, having the mind of Christ, trusting him. And so God was true to his word because he directed Samuel as he went out. God made it evident that David was to be anointed and the spirit of God rushed on David from that day ever since. And this process, it took time. It, it took time from getting instructions from God, from Samuel to actually anointing the king and having it all revealed. Samuel didn't know the whole picture, but you know what he did do? He obeyed. He worshiped. He valued what God said and he obeyed. 
and he followed the Lord each step of the way. And as he trusted God, he saw God's plan revealed in his life. And so God said, go and I'll show. Go and I'll show you where to go. And oftentimes he says that to you and I, doesn't he? Hey, here's your first step of faith. Now you go. This reminds us that God guides. He guides us as we go and obey him. Today, just go and obey him. Whatever he's told you to do. You don't have to have the whole picture, the whole thing uh, uh, laid out before you. You know enough to obey. You know God. He wants you to stay close to him through this venture of faith, through trusting him in this life, not walking by sight, but by faith, continually going to him in prayer, having fellowship with him, reading his word, getting counsel from people, having loving accountability. Like these are the ways that we actually understand and get to know God in a better, greater way. Samuel, his mind was probably blown from all this. He got to see God work in such a special way because he was just simply obedient. And same with you and I. We'll be able to see God work in a special way as we're obedient. As we take one step of faith, one step at a time, we can trust God for each step as we move forward. And so I know most of us, man, we want the whole picture. We want to give us the God want to give us the whole plan. But let me just remind you today, we can trust Jesus through it all. And so keep trusting Jesus. Keep taking ventures of faith. He'll continue to guide you. He'll continue to guide me as we do trust him and obey. As we go, he'll show. Don't be discouraged if you don't know the whole plan right now. It's okay. He's going to do greater things than you can ask or imagine. His thoughts are greater than your thoughts. His ways are greater than your ways. Let's us continue to trust him. Guys, we will see you on the next video.